that's what scares me the most that i hope i don't become irrelevant for my customers hello and welcome this is puneet surana and you are listening to the galata podcast galata is a word from the indian language kannada that means the noise caused by a ruckus this podcast is about starting up while we are still in college testing ideas creating a team building something worthwhile and adding value to other people's lives join us as we discuss the thrill of earning your first buck tackling uncertainties overcoming obstacles and delighting others most of all the galata podcast is about seeing understanding and implementing so you can deliver on your audacious promise We are joined today by somebody who has pursued his masters in management from Australian National University. He was part of the Envision Accelerator program from Indian School of Business and also has studied marketing from Cambridge Judge Business School. I think he is an unconventional entrepreneur having founded three ventures, creating and making happen concerts across the country to selling handmade carpets and now creating and breaking new ground in the menstrual hygiene industry which is non-existent in the country he has been featured in multiple dailies blogs he is recently as recent as last week been awarded by economic times startup awards 2019 he is part of the fortune 40 and the 40 don't fall for his looks doesn't look yeah. <laughs> he's a tedx yeah. speaker but more than anything else i think he has founded a wonderful startup the first step digital which has products like peabody serona bodyguard which are in his words thoughtful solutions for women more than anything else i think this man is passionate about solving those issues that are pushed under the rug and never spoken about in general public ladies and gentlemen the galata gang join me in welcoming Deep Bajaj, thank you so much. You guys are so kind with your compliments, but I don't think I deserve even half of it. But <laughs> good to be here. <laughs> the usual question I start with Deep is, what were the conversations around dinner table when you were growing up? Growing up, dinner tables were there were not many discussions that would happen because dad was off, you know, very busy trying to put the family and the meals together. So I think I don't even remember a lot of my childhood. I <laughs> think it's it's. I'm just sleepwalk through my childhood. What I remember is when, for the first time, the opportunity to travel after my graduation. So since after that, I, I remember most of my life. Before that, it was just a flash. I don't really remember too much. A flash? Did you have any hobbies? Or <laughs> any, um... No, yeah, I came from a very uh, simple uh, neighborhood school. So there were no fancy hobbies around horse ridings or swimming or squash and stuff like that. So hobbies. Have to think that one hard, man. In my ninth and tenth, I'd started to participate. I was an introvert till ninth grade, mm. and I don't know what bit me in ninth, but I then switched uh, sides completely, and then started participating in a lot of debates and declamations and theatre. What was and, that moment? Because a lot of youngsters I meet are very closed. Yeah, very so in their cave, everybody is in you know his or her cave even right now. To be honest, at least that's how at least I am. There's a part of me that is. visible to the world and there's a part of me that takes refuge in my heart and i think you and you you try to protect that you know uh being from 
attacks per se. For me, again, I don't remember what what happened, but something happened in ninth is what I know because till eighth I had no certificates, I had nothing. I was an average student. After ninth, something changed, and 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 after that, I think there was there was no looking back in terms of at least I was no more an introvert for the world outside, and and that's it. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very safe end the question. <laughs> no one answer. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. No, because I don't want to lie. Uh, the whole thing is, if I know something, I will certainly share. So I've shared some parts of it which I think I've never shared anywhere else in the in, in the past. Saying that I was an introvert. I mean, looking at me, it's very difficult. Just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting scared already. <laughs> I wish you had given me these questions earlier. <laughs> Mine is a very boring life. I said there were challenges and there were solutions available. And after school, I think I just took it on me to keep solving all the things that were lacking in my life. After school, I think what was lacking was I, I could see a lot of family members, the extended family work. They came from family of means. And there were things which were lacking in my life. And I thought I want to turn that. So I think profession... Or career took the center stage, and I started working straight out of school. Straight out of school? Yeah, yeah. after twelfth oh, is the first 12th. job. I just took a bought a bike, and the first and the only job that I did insurance was around insurance? that time was so insurance sector was just opening up. I'm talking 2001. Maybe you were just learning to crawl back then. Were you born then? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! How young are you? It's so good to see you, man. Doing all this at such. Yeah, see. <laughs> Such a young age. I don't know what was I doing when I was twenty. But yes, so it started with selling. This insurance sector was just opening up, so I was lucky to be picked up by Billas and Life as their bank insurance officer. And I took that job. I said I wanted to make my own money and buy stuff which I did not have access to earlier. And that's where the foundation. So the first thing that that took over life as a crash course was career. And for three years, I mean, for a year, a year and a half, I did that. You then studied st- in parallel. Yeah, I was doing graduation then, uh, side, and then I started a small call center. Failed at that, uh, where we were selling. I mean, we were we were able to break even, but was not able to scale. And that's the time you realize the the importance of education. Took a break. How, how did Australia. that go about from selling insurance? You gifted yourself a bike. I yeah yeah earnings? yeah yeah. <laughs> no other option. Yes, so I bought myself a bike, and we used to sell these packages. Uh, the first one was with eGurukul.com, the same DSA then started selling insurance and from where I was picked up by the insurance company. So yes, used to sell stuff door to door. Started door. Yeah, started with that, then moved to insurance. Took a break, went to Australia, came back. Ooh, you're going too fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll finish this in five minutes. <laughs> You can finish it in five lines. <laughs> no doubt. But I want those listening to it to know that they are there where you were mm-hmm. when you were buying that bike. Where you were when you just about starting a call center. Because mm-hmm. they are there right now. The ones who are listening. And it's for them. Yeah, so I'd say that it's it's very important for you to take your chances here. Yeah. I think in hindsight, I'm glad that I did whatever I did at that time. While my friends were, you know, finishing their graduation, attending the the everyday you know weekend party plans whatever were there and i was you know away from all of that so but but that's what i wanted from life so i think the thing that i have i keep telling all my team members is also this that if there is anything that you want to do it's it's not a very good idea to seek validation for somebody else because they don't know your life right, right. they don't know the cards that you've been dealt you were born in a different family i was born in a different family you have different skill sets i have different so it's very important that if you if you know what what is giving you basic happiness just make a list of all those things and try to do them one after another that's what i did at that time the what only did you thing have on your list i had what, i just wanted to be independent i wanted to to be in control of my own life and the only thing available 
to be able to do that back then was a job. So I picked that up. And very early on, it wasn't clear that I'm not cut out for a job. So while the conventional wisdom said, Are, you know, you've got a job. Why don't you just continue? I said, I don't want to do it. It's not me. I want to, I want to do something more. So that's why it gave my hand at, I think, what was I about? 18, 19, when I did that call center from 14, 15 seater. We had started 14, 15 seater seats. Yeah. So there were 14, 15 executives who were running ah. that uh, call mm-hmm. center. And we used to sell these car insurance. Back then, you did not have online websites where you could mm-hmm. buy your insurances. So we used to just make calls and sell insurance. So I think what I believe in today uh, is if, if there's anything that you want to do, there's never a better time. And try to avoid naysayers as much as you can because people, everybody will have an opinion, but they're not living your life. They don't know what you're blessed with. I think, I think it's a very important point. Now that we peg our lives based on our friends' lives, decisions based on what our friends are taking decisions, then they're as clueless as you are. Yeah. How, how do you take decisions? Why, did you have an early influencer? Um, did you look up to somebody when you were in that state of life? No, unfortunately, back then, this whole startup ecosystem didn't exist. There were no so-called mentors. So I think I was pretty much, I'm sure many people must have played a very critical role. Definitely. In, in, yeah, so I'm not taking anything away from anyone, my parents and uh, extend, you know, some friends who always want me to do well. But was there somebody who's, who, whose advice I followed to the T? Uh, not really, you know, no. because it wasn't available. It's not that if, but if it is available in your case, if the only criteria is the person whose advice you're taking. It's important that you go to somebody who's, who's positive. You know, I mean, I don't know if, if this tradition believes in vibes, but I do. So there are people, oh, you do. know, <laughs> we don't know what that is, but we believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it, what it means is that, you know, there are people who make you feel good about yourself. So there's this spiritual, uh, speaker called uh, Mr. Dandapani. I don't know mm. if you've heard Dandapani, sir. And he, I don't follow many people, but his one of the, one of the things that I really like about him, he's called, he calls it energy vampires. Ah. So he said, we are all about energy, right? And uh, it's, it's important for you to identify that there'll be some people in your life around whom you, you'd feel absolutely drained out when you speak to them. And it's critical that you stay away from them. So the point that I was trying to make was, even if it's about mentors, it's about advisors, it's important who you pick. Very, very important because you're already in a situation where you don't know what to do. I still don't know what to do with my life, by the way. (laughs) But back then, you know, when you're still trying to figure out anybody's advice, and if you're somebody who takes people's advice too seriously, can have, I would say, a very serious impact on, on, on your career. So if I were to give two cents, I'd say, just pick your people very carefully who you're going for advice. If they empower you with positivity, those are the guys. And and if there are any energy vampires like Dandapani Ji says, those are the people you need to avoid because it is all about your state of mind. And uh, I mean, even in Mahabharat that way, I mean, if, if you followed Arjun and there is Kern, uh, the two warriors. And between the two, Kern was always more blessed. Yeah, as he was a better archer, he was a better person, he was a better giving leader that way out of the brothers. But in the war, he had King Shale as his Sarthi, charioteer. And uh, Arjun had Krishna mm-hmm. as his Sarthi. And Krishna. Driver, basically. Driver, basically. Ah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Krishna always kept telling Arjun in those. You know, whenever he had the dilemma that how can I shoot my family members? Is this, if this war all correct also, so many people will die. Why should I fight the war? And, and you know, they, these, all the people who are standing on the other side of the field are all my gurus. They've taught me something. How can I just go and fight them? So Krishna at that time empowered him to say, no, you can, you need to do it. You've got to do it. You are a better warrior. You're born for glory, etc., etc., etc. On the other side, King Shale, who was Kern's Sarthi, kept 
belittling him. I mean, he would always say, "No, he is a better warrior." So, and 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 that plays on your psyche. So, it's important that you pick the right people. If you have people around you, please go seek your seek the advice. But at the end of the day, if there's something that you feel very strongly about, please don't listen to anybody. Just go be your for own it. Krishna, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be your own urge. Yeah, you. We are all fighting our own Mahabharats. You know, we are all fighting our own wars. You might be fighting something with your parents, with your colleagues, with your friend, girlfriend, wife, whoever it is. I mean, uh, your battle is very, very different. Nobody, nobody can actually understand you. And hence, it is important that you find your own balance. So, if if mentors is your formula, go for it. If it doesn't work for you just because it's working for somebody else, it's it's not going to work. So you have to find your own magic formula, your your own piece, your your own success mantra. What works for you, and just chase that. Do not follow the written rules because what worked yesterday is no more relevant today. What worked for somebody else is not relevant for you. You're a different person. How how did you take the failure of the insurance company? Mm. Or did so, you shut it abruptly? What happened? Well. It like you know Steve Jobs. It's only in hindsight that you can join the dots. <laughs> I think everything happens for a reason. How did I take it? I don't think I had too many options. Yeah, it was. It came to a point where I was clear that I can't scale this very well. I need more experience before I can take on these things. And you know the whole fact that there are fourteen lives now dependent on you had started to take a toll. So How young were you when you were in stage? Eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. And you were thinking uh, that these are now some of them had become friends because you know you be working out of a basement. You're trying to manage rental. Every month, pay salaries in time. So it came in early that I'm not ready for it yet, and that's why I decided that you know this is not for me. I want to take a break because till then life had become a roller coaster of sorts. From in, from selling eGurukul.com to insurance to this call center, three years just passed by, and I'm trying to see what next. And is this something that I want to do? And I realized not really. I think I need to take a break and and spend some time with my own self to know what exactly do I need. Switch off from the regular standard expectation. Though my parents. Are phenomenal. I mean, I've never been asked for anything in life, you know. But still, there was some unset expectation. I don't know who the hell was I trying to compare my life to. Some Sharma ji ka beta. I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> there is no fixed uh, person in my head oh, right now. Okay. So, but kuch to hoga na because usi ki wajah se aap kare ja rahe ho, kare ja rahe ho, kare ja rahe ho, and then you realize, yeah, this is not something you're not living your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you took a break. After the break, you headed out to Cambridge. Is that correct? Or no. After the break, I went to Australia. That's where uh, 2005 to 2006 was ANU. That was a great time to just have heavy introspection because that's the first time I was staying away from family and everything. So cultural shock plus yeah. No, it was a party part time for me, but <laughs> no cultural shock. Sure. It was a good part <laughs> of my life. Yeah, first few weeks, first few months were tough. What was the essence of the introspection that? You went through. If you could share, what you start to realize is that all the noise starts to fade away, right? So when you're living the life here, you're like you feel so good, right? From your bike, you move to a car, and you're running a show, and you're making money. People are asking what is happening. You're getting calls. All of that is happening. Become used to it, and then it it just the minute you're out, everybody forgets you like this. So that was like in a snap, you're just out. People, like what just happened? You just don't exist. Maybe except for your a couple of close friends and your family. Uh, for others, it's just like business as usual. So, or life as usual. So the biggest learning at that time was that uh, nobody is indispensable, mm-hmm. and you have just one life. So it's important for you to do what what gives you true happiness, and it's not always equal to money or the the material things that you 
end up making. And that was one of the biggest reasons why I decided not to stay back and come back to India. Otherwise, most of my friends had applied for PR, which is permanent residency and stayed back. And I decided, no, I want to, I want to come back. This is where my heart was. So did you, did you define success at that age for yourself? No. I still have it. Yeah, oh, still, you still have it. Okay. <laughs> still have it. So you came back to India and how did that happen? How did you go from <laughs> insurance selling, doing masters in marketing yeah, to, to making events happen? Uh, serendipity, I would say. So before, so the call center thing was done that it's not going to go. And I had applied at a few places. ANU made an offer, generous one. So I had a few months before I flew off. And I met a friend at that time who wanted to move away from his advertising business and wanted to get into events. So he made an offer. He said, why don't you help me in this event? And this is the first event that I'm doing. I'm sick and tired of my advertising agency. And I said, okay, some pocket money. I wanted some money anyways. So I helped him raise some money for this mall launch in 2005, 2004, 5, around that time. And I quite enjoyed it. In Australia? This is Here, okay. in India, in before India. going, okay. before going. And... So before leaving, uh, he came to me and said, you know, it was great working together because we worked for three, four months and you need to get taken. We, that was the first event for him. And we, you know, burned the so-called midnight oil. Uh, there was a lot of fashion shows we did for this mall called the Gold Souk in South, in, in, in Gurgaon, in Delhi. And so while I was leaving, he said, would you want to do this together? And I made him a promise that I will come back and I'll be, and, and if I come back, I will definitely do events with him and I'll not take up a job and I'll not do anything else. That's how events happened. So, so you came back and joined him? Oh. I came back and, uh, yeah, so I, we started this company together then, which was, around events and next four five years went into that so you had a differentiation strategy with events right off the start you didn't want to do weddings you didn't want to do the usual. yeah one thing was there that we will not do birthdays we'll not do weddings we'd want to do stuff where we can show that we are we are not mere executioners you know you just you just don't say that put up a stage or put up sound and you, you can do this we thought we would be the good soul to think and bring some value to your uh, event and and we could right i mean we were we were putting whatever we had into um conceptualizing these event properties for our clients. So that was our niche to say that our events will be, again, strategic events. We'll just not do anything off the off the cuffs just like that. There will be a logic behind anything that we are proposing. The, we did many events which were path-breaking for, for that time, you know, for our clients. Why did you stop? Uh, <laughs> why did I stop is an interesting story. I think it stopped giving me satisfaction after a point. It was giving me a lot of money for my age. I was making the maximum money uh, that I've ever made before that. So 2006 till 2008 was a struggle. It was a very, very bad struggle. Uh, but 9, 2009, 2010, what time when we were really doing well. From zero to whatever ten odd crores we were doing, and events is a reasonably healthy margin business. We were we were making enough money, but around two thousand eight nine, I realized that I I wanted to create an IP around events. I believed IP IP is intellectual property. So uh, you know, if events as a business is is something where after a point. If, if you're not able to carve a niche for yourself, you keep on doing the same, same stuff. Lost and in I, the crowd. Yeah. And you get lost in, in, in the crowd. And I was of the opinion back then that if we have to carve a niche, we have to have something that we also think of it like an IPL is a property. 
IFA is a property where, you know, the event company would invest time, money, efforts into raising sponsorship, into putting together a good show for the first few years. And after that, the, the property becomes it's so big. Cow, yeah. It's a cash cow. But I, but I mean, Fahim was 10 years my senior. I still it's love like a sugar guy. daddy in case you didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Please. So, uh, my partner's 10 years my senior. I still love the guy. But I think we have we wanted different things in life. So, That's I think my partner and I, I think we just wanted different things in life. I wanted more. Like, you know, in Troy, the dialogue is, I want what all men want. I just wanted more. So, I think I wanted more. And wanting more is is a dangerous thing because you don't know where to stop. So it came to a point where I said, if it is not going big, I will just go home. So it's like either go big or go home. And I discussed it with Fahim and I think he had different plans. I had different plans. So I thought it's not worth it. So I, at the top of my, my personal game, it might, it might not be too big compared to what other event companies were doing. But for my personal thing, whatever we were doing, we were, I was quite happy. Like whatever I wanted to buy, I had done by then uh, in 2010. But it came to a point where it just became meaningless. I was I was not sleeping happy. And it's important that you go to bed and you feel that you've done you've you've had a good day. So it's not always about material gains, but just about being able to do something which which you feel happy about. And I was not happy anymore. It's it it stopped making me happy. And so the, around events, I had realized that money is not the only thing that can make you happy because money was there enough, more than enough, you know. But it just stopped making me happy. That's it. <laughs> I think you still remind me of a question that I have in my daily journal, which is, what is the value I've created today? Yeah, great. And and if I don't feel that, I don't feel like sleeping. I'm like, dude, whole day got through and I didn't create any value. Man, you're so sorted for your age, man. <laughs> you're so sorted. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I think what's wrong with me is I got kicks too early. In life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys make me feel so... Old, done and dusted. <laughs> One thing that I also do, I don't know if we can call it what value did I add in the day, but I believe gratitude is extremely important. So what I do and what I tell all 40 of us at Peabody Serona to do is capture one good thing that happened in the day. And we all write it religiously in our emails. So if I get 40 emails every day, they capture uh, what did they do throughout the day. What, what are they planning to do the next day? But there's a line at the bottom that says one good thing of the day. One good thing that happened in the day. And that's that's what life to me is today. I think at this age, 36, um, I believe life is around appreciating small, small good things that are happening and building everything on, on those. So like you said, one value that you did, you're a better human being. That you're saying what value that you did in the day. I'm only saying that whatever good happened, let's just be thankful about it because life is tough for everybody. There is anybody who's, I mean, social media, everybody's happy, right? On social media, but otherwise, everybody's fighting a battle. But I think one way to get through that is appreciating small, small good things that happens every day in your life. And you should, if possible, start capturing it in a diary if possible. And I do it once at the end of the month, once, you know, before my review, we do a one once a month review with the entire team. And when I go back to my notes of last 30 days i have no reason to complain that you know we've not covered some ground whether it is personal or professional it could be as simple as i didn't get traffic on the road it could just be that it was just a nice day but capturing it is is very important i see a dandapani in you come on <laughs> like i said you're too kind with your words you're too kind with your words but i think it's something you should start now rather than later a journaling a gratitude journal is something that yeah. you can look up and get going yeah, it's an anchor that you would want very early in your life. Let's yeah. go ahead. How did we end up in a business of selling handmade carpets? I know that your wife had a role to play in this, but yeah. explain it to us. 
so it fell in my lap <laughs> my <laughs> god has been like i said kind in on many occasions so when events when the decision to end events came it wasn't something that i had planned and by then one thing was clear that i don't want to do a job i have nothing against people who do jobs more power to them but for me personally i thought that i perform better in a, in a business environment you know when when i'm creating something from end to end and i can take that load you know to say I'll try to see it through, and I can live in misery. So for the first three years, in events like I said, you know, it was very bad life. Last two years were very good. Same thing happened with carpets. First three years were very bad. Then it was you very a, good. You have a theory of three years or a thousand days. Thousand days. Oh, absolutely. I think I swear by it. If you plan to start something, the only thing you need to tell yourself is it's going to take thousand days. If I can survive thousand nights, it can happen earlier. I'm not saying it wouldn't, but you have to make a promise to yourself that before thousandth day, I'm not going to give it up. So if you have to start and that's why I tell everybody in the team that if you plan to start anything in life anything the time to start it now because it will take 1000 days at least that's my experience and I've done and I've done this three times over twice extremely successfully once failed at it because it didn't see 1000th day and now whatever I'm doing touchwood is is scaling because of that philosophy that nothing you know nothing is built overnight rome wasn't built in a day it was built every day it was built every it's still being built <laughs> So yeah that's the theory anything that you do will take about 1000 days so carpets how did it that happen so 2009ish is when we got when we decided to get married rashi was my wife she was trying to that she was working with infosys i told her i don't want a job uh, why don't because time was stable by then the events business was stable and i told her why don't you try something because ip ip events all that background was there so i said why don't you become india's first female carpet designer and she agreed so she started her store first year was a struggle by 2010 and because i had moved on i had some time on hand so we sat down and we said see if this has to go forward if you have to do these premium projects the hnis are not buying their carpets on their own so we turned the business on its head we started meeting a lot of architects and interior designers we traveled middle east saudi singapore with all these carpets in our bags uh, showing to people and then that worked in 1349 onwards we started doing a lot of work yeah i think i think that's such an interesting point of identifying your customer unfortunately or fortunately with me you will not get to know a lot of struggle stories because i just don't there's a system inside of me i think which doesn't register bad things or or it just makes me stronger but if you ask me about the struggles mm-hmm. of the carpet days automatically i'll come to the good days If you ask me the struggles of the time days I would automatically come on the nice days same is the case with Peabody and Serona now so it is important to to just be at it you know there's a there's a mug and I've given it to everybody now in the office which says if you're at it you will crack it that's mm. my line I would love to believe I've not seen it anywhere else but that's the formula so because if you're at it you'll you will certainly find your calling the thing is don't seek the validations or answers outside in it has to be inside out so if the promise here is that i want to do this business and i'm willing to give it all that's all that i need to focus on that i will be at it and in that quest of being at it you will keep on stumbling upon new challenges every day one day it might be about parental acceptance second it could be about your partner sexuality whatever whatever is what you're working on and if you're at it you will crack each and everything one by one that's the formula so in the carpet business what we had to crack was who's the customer while at peabody we had to crack how to sell it at serona again the same thing so we'll come to that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's the magic thing at least that i follow surviving another day and giving it another chance till you hit the thousandth day yeah is that correct yes it's about surviving every day and celebrating every day you have to the only thing as a founder that you have to work on is yourself if you and your mind 
is in a good place. If you are positive, you will find an answer to everything. So that's why I say that energy vampire. I have heard so many things about, you know, from these leaders. But I this thing has stayed with me because I've seen it. There are people, whether it is some of the investors, some of the customers, some of the team members who or family, friends, there are there you would all I don't know in what form will they be there in your life but there will be people who will be sucking your energy how do you identify them they have a test you will feel drained out after one conversation you just feel drained out there will be somebody maybe could be your masi could be your could be your mom as well you know the people who would always be asking you to not do something that you want to do they want your good but you are a different person they absolutely want maybe most of them would want your good but I'm just, I'm, I'm a different human being, right? And they have done their mistakes. And I keep telling everybody, you, and you're entitled to yours. You're absolutely entitled to your mistakes. What I do today is the Peabody Serona range of products. We're trying to solve those issues which have not been addressed. Whether it is around dirty toilets. So the norm was clean the seat, squat, we changed it. Or it was about menstrual pain. The norm was use a hot water bottle or take a painkiller. We changed it with our, mm. you know, Serona herbal period pain relief patches, which are again India's first under Serona. Disposal of sanitary products was a challenge that women were facing. So came up with these oxidegradable disposal bags for clean and hygienic disposal. There was no solutions available around chafing in the intimate areas for women, you know, mm. because, pads, because of pads or heavy thighs. Came up with an all-natural. They rub against each other. They rub against each other. Came, came with the all-natural, no-chemical actives, anti-chafing cream, mm-hmm. a natural wash. So similarly, we are trying to say what other problems are they facing and what other solutions can be built mm-hmm. around solving these intimate and menstrual hygiene problems for women. And one of the extensions that we've you know, really stumbled upon recently is testing of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where the pregar yeah. Was, was conceptualized. And now I'm saying with Peabody, with, because it has simplified, you know, peeing in, in unfriendly toilets for women, whether it is pregnancy arthritis or even running, jogging, marathon, you can just stand and pee. And the extension of that is Peabody Pregar X, where I said earlier women had to pee into a container, take a dropper, mm. and then see, now you just pee into Peabody. So the future for us holds into what other things, what other problems can we solve mm. with, with Peabody and urine as a, a device to test. So maybe diabetes, UTI, mm-hmm. jaundice. We wish to simplify all of those tests, which are right now complicated. I mean, it's, it's difficult to, to do those tests at home. So that's the future. It will say we'll try to solve similar problems for women in the country and everywhere else in the world. What does Serona mean before? It's a Celtic goddess of hygiene. So we stand for hygiene. <laughs> it's, it's a what god of hygiene? Celtic goddess. Celtic. Of hygiene. That's what it is. Cleanliness ka bhi bhagwan hai. Hey. So, yeah, so an extension of intimate. What is intimate? Intimate is niji, right? Meri, meri aisi problem, jo, which is mine. So, I mean, I might be very close to my husband or to my boyfriend or to my girlfriend or whatever you're into. But there are things which we still don't talk, like rashes in the intimate area. Mm. You will talk lubrication, but you might not talk rashes. rashes yeah. You might talk foreplay, but you might not talk vaginal discharges or the white discharge mm. that a lady gets. So we were, we were trying to say, what are these issues and how do we solve these so that if she's not talking to somebody, it is not a hindrance. So she should find some solution. And that's what Serona will become. And an extension of that is your own, an extension of intimate health is your mental health. You know, mm-hmm. it's again, something again, very private. An extension of intimate health is your sexual health, sexual wellness. So that's the space we're in. And that's why we say we are an intimate and mental hygiene focused startup solving, ignored 
and unaddressed problems faced by women in our country. Three pillars are these only. It has to be a problem faced by women, mm-hmm. has to be in the intimate or menstrual hygiene space, and has to be something that is not spoken about or unaddressed. As long as these three pillars are there, we are the startup which wants to do something about it. So menstrual is a part. We are more intimate in menstrual hygiene. So in future, you will see us solving similar issues like testing of pregnancy. It's a happy news for many. It's a happy, unhappy news happy for a few, depending I on... I think that's going to reverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so that's what we're trying to say that, you know, now you don't need to find a container. You can just be and know. No need to, you know, look for <laughs> uh, containers and droppers. How does it evolve, Deep? The story of Deep... And how he got about, got around making Peabody happen is popular. Look it up. I want to focus much more on the growth that has happened because I think there's a lot of learnings that have been missed. Mm. Peabody, because it was born on road trip. I think how other products under Sirona have evolved is because of customer feedback. And that's one thing that we've, we keep taking, we keep hearing a lot of stuff from our customers and, and we keep improving on that. Period pain, for instance. So Peabody and period pain was born out of my own personal you know, uh, experiences my, in my life. The rest, all the products are la- mostly because of customer feedback. And the learnings are this, that you'll always take on own time. The first year, we might have sold only 10,000 Peabody's. Next year, maybe 50,000 or 100,000. Last couple of years, we sold about 2 million units. Mm-hmm. So things take time to take off. Uh, how I tell my team is also this, and that's the learning that, that needs to be taken away, that we are all planes, you know, like an airplane on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. Look at that startup. It's a billion dollar. It's a billion dollar valuation. He's raised money. He's doing this. He's doing this. But the distance between you and them is just a takeoff signal. You take off. Now it's your time. But till then, the perseverance to just hang in there till the time the ATC tells you, okay, you're clear for takeoff is what will distinguish a successful startup from a not so successful one. Because the not so successful ones or the unsuccessful ones will throw in the towel. There are circumstances where I'm not saying you shouldn't. If things are getting too difficult, too bad, you can't take it. Your circumstances, you know it. Throw it. But if you can hold it, I mean, I, I would always say just hang in there for that time. And that's where, that is how everything has evolved for us. We never thought that we would be talking about menstrual cups, for example, so strongly in our country. But they're one of the best sellers for us. And all the competition and everybody else has been saying sell sanitary pads and you're saying no we don't want to do sanitary pads and it's because you know we believe in this I know, you can't there's no long term business in menstrual cups there's, there's no, no repeat business oh absolutely yeah. absolutely there's no long term but I think it's who knows long term here I mean the one one menstrual cup lasts for 10 years oh uh, yeah 10 years, yes. years yeah for a boy uh, your age you know about menstrual cups I'm surprised but good so yes I researched <laughs> <laughs> You've done a good research, let's just say give that. Give a five-star rating. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give you seven? <laughs> so you already have six packs. So yeah, you get more than five. Oh, good. <laughs> so yes, um, you know, it is, it, but it's about being in the game. When, when, when you're talking about Peabody or Serona, we thought it will be more about uh, period pain relief patches and our tampons will do better. But cups, now the anti-chefing cream, Peabody Pregarex, all these things have evolved. And one thing that has stayed constant in our life is being in the game. So whenever there's a bad day, we just go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what is not working? Let's try to fix that. A lot of such things have happened. Let's talk about bad days. I love two things the culture does. One is the happiness wall or yeah. the gr- the gratitude. gratitude. But every employer first step digital or yeah. Peabody and Sirona mm. has to mail mm. deep every day. Every day, yeah. one thing that they're grateful for that day. Yeah. And it could be as simple as having no traffic, yeah. getting the right coffee. Yes. Or it could be just a customer feedback. Yes. Yeah. There's another thing that you have, a best experience sheet. 
What yeah. is this about? It is similar to to this only, where we are saying that you know there are good things happening every day, and it's about capturing that. So that's what is my best experiences. And so, for instance, in my own life, we were looking at a time when there were no sales happening around Peabody, and one day, all of a sudden, the CEO of ProCam International, these are the organizers of Standard Chartered Bombay Marathon, Atel Delhi Marathon, mm-hmm. called me at a day's notice and bought ten thousand Peabodys and gave it to women complimentary. So those sort of things are something that we believe in writing as, you know, things that played a, a major role in, yeah. in changing the hand of faith. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was more from the business side. But if you ask more from the intellectual or not intellectual, I'll say it, my sole satisfaction came the day when I was, there was an interview that NDT was doing in 2017 and they asked us to call some customers and this cancer survivor lady came on came on camera and we didn't even know her. We had not asked her. We just sent an email to customers saying, can somebody please come and talk about us? And she came out until then cancer wasn't even one of the things that we were focusing on. And she said how because of Peabody now she's able to travel a little more freely because they're much more prone to infection compared to an average person. I mean, those sort of things give you those hair raising experiences there and they, they need to be captured. So we've captured that every day, every day something good is happening. So that wall captures the bigger things. The email captures one good thing of the day. Every day. Is there any other things that you have created or implemented that are unique, not give new results? Unique uh, in in our system will be that there are no hierarchies. We do a monthly review where it's an open house. Everybody sits in that review. So we don't hide anything from any team members. What are our numbers? What did we do good? What did we do bad? All discussed with everybody. Because I believe out of these people, only my core 50 will award. That's another thing that, you know, most of the businesses are built on. If you look at large enterprises, it's a team of people. We do celebrate Warren Buffett, but he's not alone in it. We do celebrate Steve Jobs, but he's not alone. He wasn't alone when he built it. Bill Gates wasn't alone. So that's the thing that I'm trying to do in my team to say everything is available for everybody. Out of this, it might be misused, but I can't be paranoid about that. I need to be more focused on which are those 10 out of the current 50 who are going to give us, give us as in this cause. This cause of Peabody Serona is around making lives better for women in the country. Their heart and soul. And and one of the ways where how I can do it is by by buying their pure faith and confidence. So one thing that we do is this monthly open meeting. Mm-hmm. Where right from the office boys to warehouse, everybody's there. Another we do is this thing where I'm saying if they are happy in from inside, they'll be able to give a happier day at work. So good thing of the day. They have to mention whether they've not they they I'm fine if they don't mention what they did during the day, but that thing has to be there. Third is no hierarchies. So there are no seniors, there are no juniors. There's an open door policy. You can talk to whoever, you can say whatever. Those three things I would say is something that I'm there. And the last thing that I do in the office is tell everybody that we don't believe in lying at all. There is there's no lies that, that goes on in the office. Or at least we try. So you say that and, and that culture has today resulted in a matter in, in a in a scenario where now if somebody's going on a date, I know they're going on a date. If they're going early from office. Mm-hmm. So that culture is very important. That, you know, you should be able to tell your senior juniors that we are all the same. There is no difference. And second is that just be honest. Very important. What did you learn from Dr. Eden Yin? Dr. Eden Yin, who is a professor at Cambridge. Oh, <laughs> Matt, you have done your research. <laughs> <laughs> now I get the compliment. <laughs> you have done your research. Wow. He's a great professor. I think. Introduce us to him. So, Dr. Eden changed uh, is, is a professor for marketing at Cambridge and I was there for this course and I didn't go with any uh, you know huge expectations though it's a, one of the best universities in the world but uh, I had just gone because 
you know, I thought it'll, it'll be a nice thing. And by the way, we had won this course in one of the events. Uh, Lufthansa Runway to Success Season 5, we were the winners. And they're the ones who sent us. Still thankful to them. So this guy changed a lot of uh, things about, you know, because when you're running the show, you're thinking more about the problems that you're facing every day. And you think you've, you're trying to figure it out. He said a few things which which are really, which is so... I would say path breaking that it shook the foundation. So one of the things that he said is the competition is not really your competition who you can see immediately. It could be somebody sitting outside. Mm-hmm. That's what marketing is all about. That you have to see 10 years hence. And and the example that he gave at that time was Nikon and Canon as cameras that they were the best competitors at that time, but they were not killed by those, by, by each other. They were killed by a mobile phone, you know, and how pager wasn't killed by the next best pager. It was killed by uh, mobiles, you know, or similarly, like how HMT or these scooters or cars which have been phased out were not really phased out by the immediate competition and similarly he was saying that maybe the the competition that airlines have to look at which is boeing and airbus is not amongst themselves could be the hyperloop Hyperloop. which or skype or skype yeah i mean hyperloop because you know the traveling from us to india Mm -hmm. i mean why would you want to sit in a box for 14 15 hours and check in you know two hours early two two hours later so those sort of things he said which are very very interesting what else, what else? There's more to it. Come on. <laughs> Don't hold the beans. Man, you, you, didn't, you didn't tell me that you'd be asking these questions. So <laughs> I don't give you any advice. Something that you applied. What did I apply? What all did you teach? Shit, I'm turning old. This I remember. And Please. what we applied was this only that. Let's not look at who is copying us. Who is, uh, you know, trailing our products. Let's look at our own battle and think five and ten years hence. And I would say to a large extent that he was the reason why we started thinking about what extensions can Peabody have today in urine testing to say it is not only a female urination device. You need to see what other problems can we solve, which are going to be big in five or 10 years. And hence, we took on pregnancy and jaundice mm-hmm. and UTI, which is work in progress. So he does, you know, rough, ruffle you the wrong way. So let's just say that. So who's your competition now? Who are you competing against in five, ten years? I'm competing against our own self. I mean, my own self, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it might sound a very philosophical answer, but that's that's where it is. Because the definition has changed. Having done three businesses, what I've realized is your service, your product, your commitment to your clients is the only thing that is at the end of the day going to, going to matter in business. Nothing else matters. Your competition tomorrow might have a fight with his wife could help and could result in divorce and there's no point fretting over it right now you know or could have some other issues you know it could be run out of cash and we've seen it umpteen number of times those sort of things have played out in the indian ecosystem only that there were some companies which are huge at one point and then they ceased to exist but when they were competing at that time so much of money and time and energy was wasting trying to change your business plans around competition so one thing that we do today is we don't really base our plans Basis what the other person is doing. There are some brands which are taking inspirations from what we are doing. We are also taking inspirations from whatever is happening around the world. We are just trying to see how can we solve problems for our customers. And our competition is going to be with us only. If we are not able to solve the problems in the best possible manner for our customers in five years, we will eat our own selves. Mm -hmm. That's what scares me the most. That I hope I don't become irrelevant for my customers. So I'm competing against my own self here. If today we get one fan email, the target is to get 10 tomorrow and 100 day after. That's what we are striving for. So that's what we are competing with. How else do you measure your relevance? So one, one yardstick, unfortunately, but is sales. 
So month on month, Touchwood, our numbers are growing. We are we are creating uh, impact not only in terms of sales, but also in terms of the environmental impact of some of these products. Like we don't push tampons as much as we push our menstrual cups. We believe I don't we don't really care too much if the customer doesn't come back for 10 years, but it's good for her. And the philosophy there is that if she knows that this as a brand is Serona as a brand thinks about my well-being over their own financial gains, then for our other products, she might trust us. So we find relevance in in seeing that not only the 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 sales for our regular cups is going up, but the other peripheral products that we created as innovations are, are picking up. So the period pain relief patches, we get emails from our customers saying, you know, these herbal pain relief patches have worked on my daughter. We get a lot of emails from customers saying, Peabody, I've, I've put it in my daughter's bag forever. You know, whenever she's going on a trek, she has it. Whenever she's going to office, she's getting it. And we we keep getting so many testimonials and videos. And that's how we, we see that we are still relevant. A lot of international inquiries come in that we want to be our distributors. A lot of fan mails come in. And that's how we keep our head just over the water to say we're doing okay. So we don't really bask too much in it, but we do take it as a blessing. That's how it goes. I think it is a blessing. Going from being called Susu Saheli, getting calls, like yeah, yeah. proper threats. Yeah, yeah all that has happened. Having fan mails. So, you know, there were fan mails back then only, but yes, you have done your homework. So, Susu Saheli, not only Susu Saheli, uh, trolls, a lot of that happened. Uh, but uh, back then also, those were not the irritants. The thing there was that I was trying to seek, man, the best way to shut them up is success, you know. So I was just looking for that success where I was not dependent on uh, my own money or the investor money because first two years we kept the business bootstrap and then we raised angel, you know, a little uh, later. So the question was, and I never celebrated funding announcements. It was, it's always, and I would not, I mean, we still, we are in discussion to do a series A, touch wood, if all goes well, it should also come in. Thank you. <laughs> so, but it, it's not about celebrating funding. It's about celebrating milestones in terms of customer faith of confidence in terms of sales. Back then it was around, I want more sales. I want business to survive on its own so that, you know, I can pay my salaries on merit. Live another month. Live another month. Live another day. Live another month. Fight another fight another day. So these trolls would be an irritant and they always have been, but then they they put you back in track because for every, you know, 10 such bad mails, even if one good fan mail comes, it just makes the journey worthwhile. And we keep getting it for both the products, whether it's for Peabody or it's for Sirona. We have for something or the other, we keep getting these customer validations saying, hey, you're playing, you made a difference in my life. And that's what makes it worthwhile. Nothing else. I think I'm going to skip my final question this time. You've answered it already. <laughs> Where can they find you, Deep? Wherever they want, yeah. My name is Deep Bajaj. I'm on LinkedIn, on Instagram. My email address is deepbajaj.gmail.com. And we can they buy your product? Oh, well, we are on peabuddy.in, we are at sironaindia.com or on Amazon, Nike or Flipkart. All the links are in the show notes and descriptions. This is something I personally vouch for. I haven't taken money from him. <laughs> and you guys know that. Yeah. I personally vouch for it. Give it a shot. If you do not use it personally, like I don't, buy it for those that you care for. Let them get that awareness that something like this exists in the market. The big brands, the malls, they may not promote it, but I think it's something that your wife, your girlfriend, your mom, your sister, your friend would be grateful for. If not outwardly, definitely secretively and intimately. On that note, go make some galata.